0: Hello and welcome to the TD Synnex Microsoft Channel Discussions podcast. My name is Phil Clark. I'm an independent IT consultant helping TD Synnex and Microsoft just talk about what's going on in the channel with a view to educating partners on the latest sort of news and topics and trends. Um, and I'm joined by various people across the industry talking about their specific field of expertise. Today I am talking to Chad Cracknell from Microsoft. Hi Chad, how are you doing? I'm good, Phil. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks, mate. Now, I uh, used to work with Chad for quite a long time, so uh, I know him very well. Um, we've had a few laughs before the start of this uh, podcast. But I think for those of you people who don't know you, Chad, do you want to just give a little bit of introduction of your background and how you got to Microsoft,
1: et cetera? Yeah, thanks, Phil. So, yeah, I've been with Microsoft now for just over 12 months, actually. Uh, time has flown by. Prior to Microsoft, I was with IBM. I was with IBM for a long time um 21 years uh, majority of that working with clients in financial services okay and, and i mean at the
0: moment you're in, in microsoft you're a financial services client exec. is that what they call it these days yeah that, that's right so account director for a large financial services client here in the uk excellent okay and i suppose one of the things that you know g- because part of the whole purpose of this podcast is we talk to we, we do for partners who try to help them understand how to engage with microsoft and get the boat the most out of the microsoft world um and I think there's probably a misperception that you know, some of the bigger accounts that you look after aren't sort of you know, of interest to partners, obviously Microsoft very focused on their commercial space. Can you just give a little overview of sort of segmentation strategy and, and how it works? And then we'll talk about how partners could engage it.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess Microsoft, like a lot of kind of technology companies, um, segments its clients by, well, several factors. Um, you know, obviously spend plays quite heavily into that segmentation, as does propensity to spend, and and strategic intent of those organisations as well. So if you think about it in that kind of classic pyramid um, structure, you've got what we call globals right at the pinnacle of that pyramid. So you know, from a UK perspective, think you Barclays, the HSBC, um, those large kind of banks with with global. Um, coverage. Um, And then below global, you've got what we call strategics. So these are both kind of UK uh, banks, but also international banks, which typically have uh, a one-to-one mapping as it relates to people like myself um, and our kind of technical teams providing coverage. And then below what we call strategics, you've got majors, which is really where an account executive like myself probably has Between kind of four and six accounts, depending on, uh, again, kind of level of activity, spend, um, intent, that sort of thing. And then below majors, we've got our commercial segment, which is where we've got a lot of our kind of partners uh, operating and covering.
0: And that commercial sector is pretty much exclusively partner covered, yeah. So you know, most partners will have a commercial account that they work on and Microsoft are aware of the way that works. And there are obviously people in Microsoft who look after the commercial sector, but they've got like a one, two thousands of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they tend to work with partners primarily. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of so you look after a strategic account in the financial services sector. I mean what's yeah. the sort of day yeah. in the life of your world? What what
1: what do you get up to? I mean it's really varied um, what, what I do, and that's that's the bit I love most about this role, in terms of the variety of things you you do. But also, you know, I'm very fortunate with with Microsoft in that we've got such a broad portfolio as well. We touch so many different areas and different things. But you know, it it really does vary day to day. So it could be kind of preparing for um, a C level stakeholder meeting. It could be responding to an RFP. Um, it could be business development activity across the various kind of service lines uh, we offer as Microsoft. It could be supporting uh, a client issue. It could be driving a lot of kind of our accessibility agenda and upskilling our clients and, and that sort of thing. So it's a whole variety of activities I do day to day. And like you say, I mean, it's a, it's a big old lump, Microsoft. There's a, there's a lot of it. I mean,
0: tip, on a typical account like yours, and obviously it's going to vary based on what's going on. I mean, how many people from Microsoft are involved in in a, in a strategic account such as yours?
1: Um, I'd, I'd say across the different solution areas and different um, teams I work with on my particular customer, we've probably got about 20 people aligned, mm. both in kind of, you know, some sort of uh, dedicated or, or shared capacity. So a big team. Mm. Um, and actually it's a big part of what I do actually is, is orchestrate uh, across that team to make sure we approach our clients um, in a kind of coordinated um, structure. And we've to that in Microsoft as, as a one Microsoft approach. So how do we approach the client in the right way, kind of making sure we're considerate of their needs, their requirements, their aspirations. And we as a team kind of are, are organized in the way we go to market with that customer. And I
0: can imagine those Microsoft internal guys are, are you know, a combination of sort of specialists in their field and sort of not generous as such, but, you know, people who look after an overall product area, and then you, you drill into a specific technology, depending on what the customer's after, yeah?
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, we have kind of a variety of, of specialists, a variety of kind of support teams, a variety of kind of engineering resources. And again, it's just how we kind of orchestrate that to to bring the best to our the customers that we work with.
0: Yeah, okay. And, and so, so, you know, obviously that's a big old team, you know, looking after your, your customers specifically, and, you know, that was replicated across multiple accounts. The, the sort of perception that partners only really work in commercial, uh, you, know, you know, is probably a bit of a misnomer. i would be interested. I mean, what's your experience of working with partners in Microsoft, and you know, and what do you look for in, in a partner when you know, when you've got such a big team from Microsoft? Do you, do you need partners? I suppose is the question. So, yes. got a thought on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been really nice coming into to Microsoft because. Microsoft is definitely a partner first organization so you know that goes back you know to its heritage you know in terms of um, the products and services it offers so partners are extremely important as part of the ecosystem approach we bring to our clients for me I see partners as an extension of the Microsoft team as well because we work hand in glove with, with partners and you know, you've got, you've got partners in different spaces as well, right? So you could have, you know, partners who are, you know, working that kind of advisory space, you could partners who are more kind of hands on technical and more kind of deep in a particular product. Um, or you could have partners who are aligned to a, a particular client in an industry, right? And so, you know, again, the orchestration of those partners is really important. But I, I guess I typically kind of think of partners in three ways, really. And, you know, the first is, you know, how can clients support me get deep in a particular product or or solution area? So having that kind of depth of understanding of a product or solution is, is really important. And also being able to kind of leverage kind of experience as it relates to both the sales cycle of a particular product, but also the implementation of the product to both accelerate uh, the sale of, of those those particular products and solutions, but also to accelerate time to value for customers is, is really important. So That would be the first area I, I would look for. Um, second is, you know, as we think about organisations we work with, if there are kind of partners who have access to individuals or particular um, groups within a customer, that becomes very interesting for me as well, being able to kind of leverage those relationships to get into those new spaces. And I appreciate it's also a two way thing as well for those partners who wanna partner with with Microsoft into those new spaces and new areas. And then the third thing, you know, given the importance of, of Azure to Microsoft, it's those ISV partners who build their solutions natively on top of, of Azure and offer their services through marketplace. That becomes very interesting. Uh, both for the organizations we work with in terms of their ability to consume kind of standard cloud-based services uh, like Azure, but also for myself as a, an account lead, um, having something on a marketplace, which is what we call Mac eligible. So those organizations who have signed up to a Microsoft Azure consumption commitment, being able to decrement that Mac against those third-party services becomes very interesting as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because... You know, that whole Azure
0: marketplace thing effectively gives you infinite scale, doesn't it? Cause, you know, the Azure is a platform and, people you know, partners, ISV partners can build their stuff on Azure. And, and if you get the benefit of that, then it's definitely in your interest to work with those sorts of partners. And, and I, can, I mean, you know, that, there's, there's thousands of those on there, I don't know if you know the actual number, but I mean, it's, it's a big.
1: As, as I understand it, about 30,000 um, services are available mm. on, on marketplace and it's grown massively as well. Yeah. So, you know, it offers organisations a lot of kind of procurement benefit as they look to kind of standardise agreements and platforms. And, you know, if you think about kind of the, the, the niche ISVs, rather than kind of having to contract individually with those kind of niche ISVs, being able to kind of use the, the standardised benefits, that, that comes from marketplaces is a real advantage um, mm. to organisations.
0: Mm, okay. And so
1: I suppose, obvious question then, if, if you were
0: any old partner, and I can imagine you get quite a few of these calls every day. <laughs> you know, someone trying to approach you to get into your particular sort of big brand financial services organisation. I mean, how do you filter them? What What are you looking for? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty clear on the sort of partners you're after. You know, how? How? Well, should a partner engage you, and you know, on what in what conditions? I suppose is, is what I'm trying to work out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, as as kind of an account leads on a microsoft account we're approached by multiple partners right uh, across the the week and you know for me i guess we, we've only got you know so many hours in the day to kind of spend with partners right so you do have to be selective because you want those engagements to be meaningful you want them to kind of lead to an outcome of, of some kind and i guess you know the partners i see who are who are more successful with the microsoft teams are those who really kind of spend time Understanding the client you're looking to go into jointly and how their proposition aligns with that client. So thinking about kind of relevance, you know, what what's the relevance to the, the organization I, I work with? It's the why question. And then I think as part of that, it's that kind of differentiation part as well. So how does, you know, the, the partner's proposition differ to, you know, some of the, the alternatives in the marketplace? And then thirdly, what's kind of the power of three, as, as I refer to it? So the partner with Microsoft, with the customer, what does that look like as a value proposition? Um, and I think just kind of thinking through some of those things early on, rather than you know dropping through a generic email or generic request to a to an account executive, it just has more meaning um, to to the discussion. Because I mean, the reality
0: is that there are tens of thousands of partners in the UK that partner with Microsoft, and you know they can't all work with everyone. I suppose, like I say, the kudos of working with a big brand financial services organisation or any other strategic account, in any other industry, is strong. But you, you, as a partner, need to really think about why Microsoft would bother. And it's not—it's not like it's not in a rude way, but you—you you know, yeah. you have to be selective because otherwise you are just wasting a lot of time that you could be doing, you know, focusing on the client and, and building out their propositions. I suppose it's one
1: of those things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the one bit of advice I would give is kind of put yourself in my shoes. Um, and similarly, as I think about, you know, the customer I work with, I'll often try and put myself in, in their shoes and think about the why and, and why they should kind of, you know, give time to, to listen to me, to listen to this particular proposition. I encourage any partner to put themselves in the shoes of a Microsoft AE as they kind of think about the relevance and the why, because I, I'm sure kind of thinking about those things would only accelerate the discussion, the outcome. Hmm. And so so you know, moving away from the partner side of things, it's out of interest. I mean, financial
0: services is obviously quite a big old sector in the UK you know, globally. Um, and from a, a Microsoft standpoint, I mean, there's probably lots of things that that you guys can do for any old Microsoft, any old financial services organization. I mean, what what are the big things that people that you from your experience, people are focusing on in the Microsoft stack from a financial services perspective? Just you
1: know, what the, what the hot sellers? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you know, financial services is such a, a hot industry at the moment there, there are so many things happening obviously you've got the ongoing kind of focus and commitment to the regulatory and kind of security requirements which continue to evolve um but i guess there are kind of three broad themes i see within financial services at the moment um the first would be core system modernization Um, And specifically addressing kind of technical debt and end of service life issues as a result of technical debt continues to be a real focus area. Um, I think a lot of organizations have kind of built quite attractive looking front ends, but they've not done a great job of kind of addressing the back end, which continues to cause a lot of kind of headache Um, as it relates to kind of moving forward and modernization, uh, also driving a lot of kind of um, cost um, in that space. So I think kind of hybrid multi-cloud plays very heavily um, in that space as it relates to kind of leveraging some of those public cloud capabilities for uh, core system modernization. Uh, The second kind of broad theme would be data. And I think a lot of financial services organisations are thinking about how best to leverage their internal and external sources of data to drive much more personalization and engagement with their end customers. Um, I think the reality is a lot of uh, financial services organisations are still grappling with how best to kind of manage and govern those various data sources and kind of turn them into something actionable for the customers they they work with. And then the third bit, given the kind of wider macroeconomic environment at the moment is cost takeout. And I think, you know, that classic thing of of doing more with less, um, driving kind of um, optimization through the various channels you work with, that's um, continuing to shift a lot to digital um, but it also brings in things like process simplification, automation of kind of a lot of the manual tasks um, and, you know, leveraging kind of, you know, the flexibility of, of cloud technologies plays heavily into that space as well. So, you know, across those three things, I feel incredibly fortunate as, as a Microsoft employee, given the capabilities we have within our kind of end to end Microsoft proposition um, to support clients on that journey. And I think it's interesting
0: that that we're probably what 15 years into the cloud journey now, and I think cost takeout is a difficult one because not all paths lead to cloud. And you know, I think the sooner people realise that, the better. I mean, I I know it's in it's in Microsoft's interest to push this message, but I mean, you know, are you seeing people just still diving into the cloud for the sake of it, or do you think people are still a a, a bit more aware of the commercial impacts of? consumption-based building and the risks that come with that just
1: i think i think there is there continues to be a massive growth in in public cloud uh but i think for kind of a regulated organization like financial services customers and others um in that space i think the the reality is the, the future is hybrid multi-cloud so there will continue to be a need for workload on-premise there will be workload off-premise and i think Organizations are kind of thinking through what's the right mix as it relates to kind of on-prem and, and off-prem. Um, and I think, again, you know, Microsoft and its capabilities are are definitely aligned to that hybrid multi-cloud space. A lot of what we do actually is both kind of in the on-prem space. So a lot of our, you know, heritage is supporting customers in the data center. Um, you know, similarly, a lot of our investment is going into how we support clients adopt uh, multi-cloud, whether it be Azure, but also AWS and, and Google as well. And helps kind of bring that together into kind of, you know, a single pane of glass as that utopia world, but also kind of considering the on-prem footprint as well. And so... I think, you know, Microsoft is, is balanced there. Organizations kind of want to work in, the, in that hybrid multi-cloud way and I think is, you know, really well positioned to support clients on that journey. And I think I mean, the other thing about Microsoft that I'm massively impressed
0: about, and, you know, I'm not a paid employee of Microsoft, so I can say what I want. I mean, to a large extent, a lot of the acquisitions they've made historically, or, well, you know, recently, sorry, have been quite shrewd in, in, in that they take themselves away branding-wise from just the pure infrastructure layer, so, you know, the, the AWS versus Azure versus GCP debate, you know, they're probably all heading off in subtly different directions. And, you know, as, again, I'm sort of putting words in your mouth to a large extent, but Azure is sort of the generalist, AWS is for techies, and Google's a bit more sort of data, you know, the search-related stuff. That's in my simple world, yeah? yeah. Um, but Microsoft have done a really clever thing that, that some of the products and services they've either acquired or are partnering with give a really interesting flavor to the way you can take the proposition. So, you know, things like nuance
1: mm, mm. You
0: know, around customer experience. I mean, are you seeing a lot of pull from some of those newer you know, the acquisitions or partnerships they've built out?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, the reality is Microsoft is, uh, is on a journey to become much more deep in industry. And so I think, you know, to your point, I think acquisitions are becoming much more targeted around industry to kind of support that industry depth. Nuance is a great example. Um, And for me, in in financial services, it's a great acquisition as well because it really kind of opens up that kind of voice and contact contact centre and AI space uh, really nicely. And I think you'll continue to see kind of Microsoft making quite targeted acquisitions which support that kind of industry depth message. And specifically in financial services, the alignment with our cloud for financial services as well. So the Microsoft cloud for financial services um, there's that kind of strong alignment there which only continues to um, deepen our engagement with uh, with financial services organizations
0: and I suppose you know, obviously very topical at the moment is chat GPT and where that's all going I think you know lots of press LinkedIn you know on the BBC all sorts of things you know, they are going nuts for chat GPT it's you know in my view it it's a bit beyond a gimmick it's actually pretty shrewd by Microsoft to get uh, an effectively an exclusive Early March on ChatGPT as a product. Uh, I mean, are you starting to see anything filter through to your sales messages or any of that sort of stuff yet? And I'm not allowed to preannounce yeah. anything, but just out of interest.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hugely exciting. When I when I saw that kind of investment coming through, I'd, I'd obviously kind of seen on on LinkedIn and other kind of channels that there, there appeared to be kind of some some interest, and obviously kind of seeing it formalised in that investment is fantastic because. I mean, I, I've kind of experimented with Chat GPT, and it's just hugely, it's just so powerful, it's, it's, it's kind of exciting and scary kind of all-in-one. And I think for an organisation like Microsoft to kind of, um, you know, make a, a start on trying to kind of bring that capability to the enterprise through kind of availability on, on Azure and some of the kind of the AI services we look to offer, Uh, clients is really exciting because I think there are so many use cases it could apply to. And, you know, I I think for organizations, it's just key that, you know, the consumption of those services are done in a kind of a secure and controlled way, which I think is what uh, Microsoft can bring through that investment. So yeah, hugely exciting. Yeah. And I actually think having the Microsoft
0: brand associated with it is a really good thing because there's quite, in my view, there'll be quite a lot of concerns around Uh, ethical bias and, you know, some of the data quality, the the process of ingesting content to make it a a valid output from something like ChatGPT is is really key. And and if Microsoft's governance and control over that process can give it better quality, I think that'd be really interesting. I mean, you know, without breaking any confidences, are you aware of any clients in the UK, including your own, who are actively sort of looking at this sort of technology yet, or is it still a bit futuristic?
1: No, no, we, we have clients who are actively looking at this at the moment. Um, in, in fact, there's, there's a, a large telco, as, as I understand it, who already kind of looking at the, um, the use of, of chat GPT to support kind of uh, transcription of, of calls in, into text, right? And kind of pulling out kind of sentiment and, and, and voice uh, through those different interactions. So we, we've got a lot of kind of client interest um, in the, the use of this technology. Um, and I think we'll see a couple of um, use cases or reference coming out fairly soon. So definitely, definitely, um, a lot of interest in this space. Can't, can't come quick enough, in my view. A lot of the telco chatbot functionality is absolutely
0: appalling. So you know, if anyone can fix those sort of problems, uh, well-known mobile phone providers. Oh, don't start me on that. That's that's a whole different one. So I suppose yeah, I mean, like I say, there's there's a lot going on in Microsoft. The yeah. Question: How do you keep up with it all? Because you know, I, I cover this as a bit of a job, and I, I struggle. Yeah. I mean. D- What's the sort of communication within Microsoft like? Do you get product updates every
1: second? What's this? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great question, and um, you know, we we get a lot of kind of um, you know internal communications around you know different announcements. Uh, you know, what I what I've found from kind of a, a previous I- employer is it's it's a continuous kind of drumbeat of, of messaging, right? And we've got some great kind of collaboration tools too support, engagement, and, and messaging coming through. So it's both kind of what what Microsoft makes available through those channels, but also this is a huge kind of interest of mine. So, you know, kind of being proactive in just kind of keeping close to technology and financial services and kind of new developments is something I enjoy and, and it helps me in the role. So, yeah, the combination of those two things is what I'd say. So basically you're a massive geek? Secretly, between you yeah. and
0: me yeah okay well no everyone knows now so that, that's all fine well look, Chad, I, I appreciate you know you busy bloke and it's really kind of just take some time out to talk to us i think from, from a, a partner's education perspective you, you know it sounds like if i'm sort of summarizing microsoft is up for working with partners in the bigger accounts but you've got to really understand your relevance and your messaging and and why you'd go down that route um And if you can get that right, then, you know, working with the likes of Microsoft in the bigger accounts is absolutely the right thing to do. And you guys are keen to engage. Is that a fair summary? Absolutely fair.
1: Absolutely fair. Yeah, Microsoft is is a partner first organization. Partners play a huge role in, in what I do and are hugely important to our go forward plans as well. So no good summary.
0: Yeah, perfect. All right, thanks, mate.
1: Well, so for anyone listening on podcast, um,
0: if you want to get in touch with Chad directly via LinkedIn, it's Chad Cracknell, C-R-A-C-K-N-E-L-L. Or by all means, get in touch with me via LinkedIn and I'll I'll follow up on this. Or please do get in touch with with Tech Data or TD Cinex. They're very keen to listen to uh, feedback on these sorts of podcasts or any ideas on the sort of things we cover in the future podcasts. And to get in touch with TD Cinex, the the email address is Csp.uk at tdcinex.com, and that'll go straight through to the Microsoft Business Unit, and they'll look after that for you. But in the meantime, Chad, it's been as ever. Lovely to see you again, mate. I haven't seen you for a while. So um, hopefully bump into you shortly. Will
1: do. Thank you, Phil. Thanks all